All right, welcome to the Rod of Iron Podcast, Fundamental Baptist, breaking down discussions, dogma, and daily events. I am your host, Pastor Bruce Mejia, First Works Baptist Church, and I'm joined by a special guest tonight. We have Brother John Sieber from our church, John the Assyrian, and he uh, he's Adidas'd out right now. Yeah. And so, yeah. Pants and shoes, you well, can't see, but I got the, the if whole we had outfit. A button, like, you know, I just got finished doing an interview with... Um, uh, a guy on YouTube and, and on Instagram, King Nopal, and he's he's a big Trump supporter. But he um, it's so it's, it's pretty cool. He he believes just like we do. He listens to our preaching. But every time like a good point was made, he had a button he could press, and it would go. Ah, yeah. It was all like you have this audience and like reprobates put to death, pedophiles put to death. Ah, King James Bible. Ah. I gotta, we got to get a button like that for the um, for the Rod of Iron podcast. So with that being said, Brother John Sieber is with us tonight. <sighs> and uh, looking forward to a great episode. We're just going to get into some random topics tonight. And so, uh, John, thanks for coming on the uh, on the podcast yeah, tonight. thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, second I'm time. Back, yeah, back again. Back again. Yeah. And if you don't remember, Brother John was on the podcast a couple, it was actually last year. Wow. Yeah. It was last year, and he was the uh, he was talking about being a pilot, and he was also talking about his experience in the monastery. He lived in a monastery yeah. for quite some time, and the horrors of the monastery yep. life. And so um, we're looking forward to what he has for us tonight. Don't mean to put you on the spot, but I just did. And so excited to have you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right, guys, let's get started. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. So anyways, um, yeah, because like you leases his car during the last podcast, um, he was, we're all here and then there was like a text message that came in and it was from Ulysses, but I didn't know, I just didn't really pay attention to it. But then I realized I was like, oh yeah, he texted me. So I look and he said, someone, someone's outside stealing my car, trying to steal my car. We all run outside and the police are already out there, believe it or not. Ulysses is out there, his vehicle's out there, and there's this drunk guy out there. And um, I guess the story goes is that this drunk individual was inside of Ulysses' car and kind of just like looking around and stuff. And Ulysses' wife was actually in the foyer, and she's like looking at him do this. And I think she asked him like, hey, um, did you, I don't know, what did she ask you? Like, Where did you park? Oh yeah, where did you park the car? And he's like in front of the church. And she's like, "Well, there's someone in your car in the car right now." So he ran out there, and this guy was out there. And there's another individual who had actually had already called the police, right? And he's looking at him do this, and he's like, "This guy's trying to steal the vehicle." Well, it turns out this guy had the same exact vehicle as Ulysses. <laughs> <laughs> And he was saying that, you know, oh, I thought it was my car. I thought it was my car. And the funny thing is we go out there, and I'm looking at Ulysses' vehicle, and I'm like, man, Ulysses did a horrible job parking this vehicle. <laughs> like, why does it look like that? I'm like, this guy, this looks <laughs> bad. The police is right here. Like, But it's actually Ulysses, It's actually the drunk guy's yeah. vehicle. And they're actually like about two spaces away from each other. <laughs> so um, I don't know if the guy was lying. He might have been lying or something. But for sure, his vehicle was almost the exact same one as Brother Ulysses. They I look. Never leave my car unlocked. Yeah, and then another thing is this guy never leaves his vehicle unlocked. I leave my. I used to leave my vehicle unlocked all the time. Like if I go to the store, not at night, but during the day, if I go yeah. to the store, I leave it unlocked because I figured, what are they going to steal? There's nothing. Yeah, in, there's nothing in my vehicle. 20, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, there's nothing of value inside my yeah. vehicle. Other than of course my Bible and all that stuff, but who's going to want that? And um, he always locks it. Like this guy could be driving the most raunchiest bucket vehicle in the world. He wakes up at two and he's like, "He's like, I gotta lock this car. I gotta lock this car." Yeah. Then Milan used to say that as well. He used to lock it. He'll lock it and do the beeping sound. He's like, "Beep beep." (laughs) Oh, Milan. Well, that's that's a different story. Milan had a tick. 
he had a what is that? He had a he had obsessive compulsive disorder when it came to locking doors. So like, all doors, I believe so huh. for for sure. Uh, his vehicle door, like he'd press the button like fifty times just to make sure. Yeah, I'll cut this out of the podcast, but that was pretty funny though. <laughs> he had this. Yeah, he was obsessive. He had obsessive compulsive disorder with a lot of things. Like he couldn't make left turns. Oh yeah, how do you get around though? You just make like three right. He turns basically would make a right turn until he reached reached his destination. <laughs> so if you had to make a left turn, he would like he would make a right and right and right and right and just kind of go all the way around till he got to wherever he had to go to. How would he be able to watch NASCAR? Oh you man, he'd, he'd freak out. He'd turn. freak out. <laughs> Trying to come to this church? Oh man, yeah. How would he come to this church? He wouldn't be able to come here. Unless you just get off of, you know. Yeah, Take another freeway to yeah. go all the way around so you can end Good up taking night. a right. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Obsessive compulsive disorder? I know nothing about that. You don't? Nah. We can't talk about it because John doesn't know anything about it. You reading any new books or what? No. I, I've been super busy with, you know, between work and uh, all the music stuff. Aren't you learning Greek right now? I have that on a hold right now. Oh, really? Yeah. So I got too much stuff that I try to learn at the same time. Yeah. I always do that. Well, John, so John is is in charge of our orchestra, okay, in our church. He's doing a great job. He's always learning these weird instruments, <laughs> the saxonet or the, the clar- clarinet. clarophone. Bass clarinet. <laughs> the bass clarinet yeah. looks like a like a dark version of a saxophone or something. Cody I'm makes the same joke about it every time. He's like, hey, you going to throw it on the floor and turn it into a snake? <laughs> he told me that joke on Sunday. He was like, he's really he proud of that joke. like four times or That's something. it right there. That's the bass clarinet. That's it right there, right? Yep. Yeah. It's the dark side of the saxophone. Yeah. Sounds great, though. It's nice and bassy. Yeah, we needed something like that in the orchestra because we got a bunch of flutes. And, yeah, I was playing the other clarinet, which no one can hear. Yeah. So... <laughs> this is at least something people can hear. Well, don't say no one can hear because isn't Malia learning the clarinet? <laughs> well, the thing is, he, he, influenced, he influenced Malia to learn the clarinet, and I think she's learning it, right? She's, yeah, she's, yeah. We, we and then he gets on stuff. the podcast and says, you can't even hear the clarinet. Well, the Shout out is, to Malia. The thing is, she knows that, though. Keep at it. I told her, I was like, because she's like, oh, you know, I'm nervous about playing, you know, and all this, because everyone... Whenever I try to get people in the orchestra, they always use that, right? And I'm like, don't worry. The clarinet is really easy. No one will even hear you. Oh, you already told her that. (laughs) I told her, I was like, look, there's 7 billion people in the world. And only like 150 of those people are in this building, and they're not going to hear you anyway. (laughs) So... You're fine. No, you, you got nothing to be John is a about. little rough. Huh? Hey, Malia, we can hear you, okay? We're, we're, we're going to mic up every single instrument. I mean, we've already mic'd up a couple of instruments already, but we want to hear the clarinet. You know, we got, got to hear yeah, it. Yeah, and, you know, I really want the clarinet to get added back in, too, because now we have kind of uh, like four instruments that are playing in a certain range. We have the soprano and the alto. And uh, the bass now between you know the cello and the bass clarinet. So what do we have? We have We've we got have a, a flute. A flute we have a tin whistle. Tin whistle slash recorder slash recorder. Which by the way the 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 offertory on Sunday night was awesome. You liked it? I loved it. That I was, didn't expect it. It was kind of on the fly. We've, I didn't. We've expect been practicing it. it for a couple weeks, but. Whenever I'm at work, uh, I listen to hymns all day. Yeah. And I just try and imagine, like, you know, what instruments would that sound good with? Yeah. And I wanted that one to be with guitar. It sounded you know? amazing. So it oh, worked, yeah, it was it with the guitar. Perfect yeah, cause because it was the guitar, the, the flute, and the tin whistle. Right. So Eric, you know, we knew he wasn't going to be there yeah. yesterday anyway. And I was like, oh, man, this, this works out perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, that one sounds really good. And then I got a whole bunch more stuff to play. But, yeah, we got the flute. Tin whistle slash recorder. And Louisa, she's going to be learning the flute as well, too. Hmm. Yeah, we got a bunch of talented people in the orchestra. They're yeah. just like music geniuses, yep. all of them. Brother Carey's got the trumpet. Yeah, and he's going to be learning the saxophone. the saxophone. Yeah, so uh, this. Brother, brother Chevy is our rock star. Yeah. <laughs> With the guitar. Not the electric guitar, folks. Yeah. Acoustic. Steel string, nylon string, both of them. Sounds he's really, really good because he doesn't read music. I'm sure he can read music, but no. he does. Or he can't read he music. Used, he says he used to be able to read music, but he's like, but I can't do that anymore. He, like, but but the thing is, the guy is just has an ear for music. Yeah, he, he can just play, and it just sounds like great. The offertory that we had, because I can't give him a piece of like sheet music. 
you know he just has to like hey can i can you uh you know learn this piece and then play it on on sunday night i i just sent him a video (laughs) of the song and i'm like hey chevy can you learn this and he's like yeah he only has to listen to thing like one time he knows all the chords and well if i'm not mistaken i don't remember when it was but we were we were uh i was going over some song it was like a christmas song and he had never heard it before and um Eric wasn't there to play it. I just was singing it, and he started playing it on the guitar just from like the way I was singing it, and it sounded great. So he's he's doing a good job as well, brother yeah. Chevy with the with the guitar. Well, then we have he's got perfect pitch. That's, that's what the he has. Why you know he can hear a note. I've even tested him on it. You know, playing a note on the piano, and he's like, "Oh, that's an A flat." Wow. Yeah. So he can tell you what note everything is. That's why he can hear the key of a piece, and he knows what chords go yeah. with a piece like that. So he can just kind of like memorize the music that way. And then we have uh, Brother Ulysses' wife who plays the cello. Right. <clears throat> She's doing a good job. I love the cello. I love the how deep the cello sounds. Sounds like chocolate. It does. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I've how said is that, that some people and they're like they're like, wow, what, what do you mean by that? But it's like if I'm a, if I'm going to describe the sound, it sounds well, it, like chocolate. Well, because when you think of chocolate, you think of rich yeah, chocolate. It's rich. It's rich. You know darker as yeah, well you yeah. know it's not this bright cheery sort of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good way to describe it yeah the cello is very chocolatey it's yeah. very it's very deep it's very brown it's very uh delicious no i'm just kidding <laughs> delicious to the uh to the ears right it, is very, it, it touches the soul though and then uh then we have now bass clarinet but i was gonna call it the, the clara sax or yeah. phone Bass clarinet, Bass which sounds clarinet. great. Yeah, and awesome. we got a bunch more coming too. Yeah, Malia's le- got, learning the clarinet. Yeah, so we got Malia on the clarinet. Suin's learning the violin. The violin, brother Hike's learning the cello. The cello. And then Hike from Cody the Rod of Iron podcast is learning the French horn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he's he's uh he played the trumpet uh, when he was in school for oh, I okay. think four or five years. Yeah. So all that experience. Well, you know what's great about this is the fact that we're calling them out right now. So there, there's no going what back. What do you think I'm doing? What do you yeah, think the there's no going back. Speak? Now they have to learn it. Oh, we almost forgot. Brother Jason with the cymbals. Oh, high sounding cymbal. He brother does. Jason. A, yeah, he does a good job yeah. with that. His cymbals and his tubular bells too. And then brother, um, brother Jacob with the uh, with the snare drums yeah. when needed. That's our you know, when we section. have like a, a victory through grace type song where it requires of some sort of marching type sound. And he's good at it because he used to do it in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So, so orchestra is doing great. And of course, Eric, the professional. Right. Doing a great job on the piano. Yeah. Brother John, you're doing a great job with the orchestra. I'm looking forward to, um, well, we, we don't want to talk about the projects that we're working on. Those are secret is projects. A secret? It's a secret. Okay. Okay. So you guys I mean, just have to stay the, tuned for everyone all in the building knows about it. Everyone yeah. But not everyone, uh, not, not everyone who tunes into the rod of iron podcast. Knows all right, of these all right. projects. So we'll keep it secret. Then. We'll keep it a secret. Uh, we've said too much already. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we'll move on to the next subject, but yeah, the music ministry is going great. And John's one of those guys he's like a what is it what is that called he's like a savant kind of with all the without the other, other weird stuff attached to it <laughs> he, he this guy just learns instruments on a fly right he just give him an instrument he just learns it so yeah thanks for helping out in the orchestra doing a good job yeah love to amen so speaking of languages you said you took a, a break from greek right so like i said because i'm learning all this other stuff uh right now you know, it kind of fell lower on the list of priorities. I'd still really want to learn Greek because mm-hmm. I love learning languages, you know, in general. I spent that whole year in Turkey where that's pretty much all I was doing. Yeah. I was spending time learning languages. And actually, before I'd even gone on that trip, I had wanted to learn Greek. Mm-hmm. That was my plan was I'd go to Turkey for a year and learn Syriac and Turkish. And then I'd go to Greece and learn Greek. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. But I came back early because of family stuff and whatnot, um, and I never got that chance to learn Greek. Um, so I started with Pimsler and all that. But do you you know Syriac? Right. Yeah. You can you can read it. Yeah, I can read it, it, which was the hardest part: learning how to read it because you know it's a different alphabet. It looks very different. Greek mm-hmm. is. You know, a lot easier to read because it's still oh, yeah. a lot more similar to Latin. And it's very alphabet. phonetic. Yeah. And Greek has vowels. In right. It. So Syriac, there's no vowels. It's only consonants. Mm. So you have to know what the vowels are yeah. based on the context. 
Yeah, I took a break from uh, studying Greek for a little bit um, just because of everything that was going on with the bombing and everything. All my energies went to other things. Right. But I love learning Greek. And I don't know if I'll ever master Greek, but just I, I feel like spending a lifetime learning it is still worth it. Not only for my brain's sake, but just for just just to learn another language, especially a language that's attached to the New Testament. Yeah. You know, and because I was learning, I'm learning modern Greek and then reading the Greek New Testament and then also memorizing a thousand of the f- most frequently used uh, Greek words in the New Testament as well. And um, one thing that inspires me to learn it is the fact that obviously I want to read the Greek New Testament completely. Um, but and, but also because I want to refute people who try to downplay the King James, right? Because a lot of people like that. Today, yeah, you know? and they like to go back to the Greek. Yeah, and some kind of scholar or whatever, like these James White types. Exactly. And, like and then you hear them. You, even if you just take a couple lessons on Pimsleur, yeah, you hear how Greek sounds. Mm-hmm. You hear like, okay, this is how this language is supposed to sound. It sounds like it sounds that way. And right. then you hear someone like James White saying, you know. Uh, Sclay Ross, Estin Ha Lagos yeah. Utas, and you're like, it, what, what is the matter with this guy? Sclay Ragas Utas. Yeah, he doesn't know anything. It sounds like a Star Wars language Star Wars. or something. Yeah. You see people like that. Well, you know, the, the funny but thing the, is, the people believe them. Oh, yeah. And people take them for experts. And Absolutely. They think, oh, yeah, this person is so well, smart. I remember, they know Greek I remember and I knew Hebrew this, and all that. I knew this guy who claimed to be like a Greek expert. And the guy is a total heretic. Like he was a wolf, and and he used to go to the church that I used to attend, and um, just a complete wolf. And and he would go around telling people that why they shouldn't use the King James Bible, but everyone knew him as the man who knew Greek because he would always bring up these Greek terms, and this is what it really says in the Greek. Yeah. And who can refute him because no one knew Greek, and so when he would tell me that, because he would try to influence me and some of the other young guys. I would just tell him, like, you know, you, you do know more than me, but I'm just going to stick with the King James because I believe that's what it is. I believe it's it's the Word of God. Exactly. And, you know, even if maybe he does know a lot of Greek, the people who translated the King James Bible oh, knew yeah. more. Yeah. They knew well, way more. Well, now studying Greek, looking back, I realize that this guy didn't even know any Greek right. whatsoever. Which is often the case. You know, yeah. they, they don't know anything. What anyway. they're doing is they're referencing their lexicons and, and all that. And they're not even doing a mod- they don't even know modern Greek, which I've learned within the last couple of years that obviously one of the best ways to learn Greek is uh, learn Kini Kini Greek is to learn modern Greek and to have the modern pronunciation to it. Right. And I've learned that if sometimes when people claim to know Greek and they know biblical Greek, but they can't even speak the language, you just kind of lost credibility. Yeah. Because how are you going to teach me Spanish when you don't even speak Spanish? Right. How are you going to teach me what the Spanish Bible says if you don't even, you can't even speak a lick a of it? You can't hold a conversation language. in Spanish. Yeah. So I learned that, of course, through Pastor Anderson and 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 uh, just personal studies. And even as, like, I'm not deeply into Greek, but just a surface study of Greek and, and reading through the Greek New Testament and learning some of the vocabulary words, already I've kind of, like, debunked a lot of the things that people throw out there. And just in your casual reading of the book of John or, or you know, the book of Revelation or even through the book of James, I've seen things. I'm like, whoa, these people have lied about this or this person lied about this. Like, this is actually what it actually says. So it's it's really good. I like learning Greek. It's good for the mind, but it's also good just to be able to, to uh, debunk the gainsayers and what they say against the King James right. Bible. And then, too, Lord willing, if I ever do, quote-unquote, master it, and what I consider to master the language or to be fluent, should I say, is be able to hold a conversation, is when I'm able to win Greek speakers to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because that's really what I want to do. I want to be able to go to Greece one day with my Greek New Testament and just start the conversation in Greek and preach the gospel in Greek and get them saved in Greek, you know, pray in Greek and do everything in Greek. Not have to rely on any English at No, all just kind of like right? speak it as though it's a, it's like a heart language. Right. I would love to do that, and that's my goal eventually. Do you have a time frame on when you want to do that? Well, I'm, I want to head to Greece, Greece, not Cyprus. I want to head to Greece next summer. Next summer? I'd like to, yes. Um, and, of course, Pastor Robinson... We've been planning this trip for many, many eons, not eons, but for a long time. 
we've been wanting to go. And of course, with COVID and everything, everything shut down. Oh, yeah, and yeah. over there in Greece, yeah. it's the whole COVID very, thing is really bad. It's very bad over there. Yeah, because like I know the in Turkey also is very bad. Like, yeah. you can even get fined for oh yeah not wearing a mask outside. Yeah, yeah. if yeah. I remember correctly, like in Greece, you have to text if you want to get outside. Like, you have to text uh, the government. Like, can I go out? It's like crazy. So obviously, they're probably nowhere near. You know where we're at right now in the right. United States. I think even here, you know, they've started yeah. loosening up, but it's still pretty bad. You yeah, know? it's like. So hopefully by next year, if they open up, you know, I'd like to go. And Greece is very large, so it's obviously not a trip where we're just going to hit all of Greece. We have to go to somewhere specific in Greece. Right. And I'm either thinking, you know, Thessaloniki or Athens or one of the islands um, like um, Stimikonos. That's yeah. one of the islands. You want to go somewhere with like a lot of population density? Yes. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, a lot of population density, and I don't know. I mean, you know, it's. I guess we'll see when we get there. Who's really receptive towards the gospel? Obviously, you know, Pastor Anderson said that a lot of the younger generation are very open to the gospel because they're rejecting Orthodox. Right. And it, it just reminds me of the Catholics because a lot of the younger Catholics have yeah. come straight away from Catholicism. Yeah. Because of of their self righteousness and the self righteous attitude the Catholics have and the priests and all that, and they're kind of open towards the gospel, you know. So I think it may it might be the same with the Orthodox Church. You got you got to catch them in that in between point, yeah. you know, because they're they're obviously they're rejecting Catholicism yeah. and Orthodoxy, but they can but you go want to catch them, yeah, because yeah, they exactly, can go too far. Then they would be like, you know, oh no, I'm completely atheist yeah. and stuff like that. Right. Where because of the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, yeah. then they just hate everything about the Bible. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Brother Robinson actually gave me a Bible, the uh, the Bible of the Bear. It's a massive Bible. It's really awesome. It's this first Spanish. Can are you talking to someone on your watchman or something or what? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he loves that watch. <laughs> he gave me the Bible of the Bear, and it's a massive Bible. It's the first canonized Bible in Spanish. It's fifteen sixty nine. It's really good. Um, but I'm intrigued by those things, especially when it comes. You know, Greek is very similar to Spanish. Right, even the the sound of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that's what helps with my pronunciation as well, which I'm sure even speaking Syriac helps with the pronunciation in Greek, would you say, or no? They, they sound quite a bit different. Yeah. Yeah, I would say they sound very different. What, so you, you speak Syriac, and what else? Turkish. So does Turkish help you with the pronunciation? No. Oh, okay. Turkish and Greek are like enemy languages. Oh, man. Yeah. Really? Well, you know language transfer. Yeah. Right? The whole idea behind that, it was started by, I believe, a, a Cypriot. Man, oh, because on yeah, Cyprus that's they right. have both. Yeah, they have Greek people and Turkish people. Yeah, so he. It, I it think was used as a tool to get the Turkish people to or to get Turkish people to be able to learn Greek. Greek, yeah. Greek people learn Turkish and vice versa. Because of the vast difference of the of the language, right? There. So mm. that you know communication could exist yeah. between them. So mm. that you know possibly through that there would be less strife. There would be less you know anger. So is there a lot of people. strife between Turkish people and Greeks? Uh, I mean, I don't know how it is now, but. I don't remember exactly when it was, but in, even in the last century, there was a lot of bad stuff because mm. Cyprus, a lot of bad stuff and Turkish aggression and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you talk to like the young people yeah. in the metropolitan areas mm -hmm. in Turkey, yeah, of course they're not for anything like that, but it's a country where it's still, uh, the government is still very corrupt. You yeah. Know? government and the people are not really the same thing and yeah. it's becoming more islamic also mm. where turkey used to be a country that was you know muslim empire the ottoman empire yeah and then with the revolution they became completely secularized mm -hmm. to the point where you weren't allowed to wear like a hijab in public you know you couldn't wear the burqa and stuff like that it was made you know illegal and they changed from the arabic alphabet to the latin alphabet mm. so they were trying to like westernize yeah. the country um, but now it's going more back towards that towards you know Islamism and stuff like that wow. and with that comes you know all the Islamic teachings mm -hmm. of jihad conquering everything because yeah. you see in all of Muslim history they're always just trying to conquer and expand and all of that you know I, they even went as far as Spain mm -hmm. everything conquered all of Spain so you know, with that coming back, there may be more 
aggression tension yeah. in the future. Well, I hope that um, – I mean, my hope is that Greece would one day open and then we can preach the gospel. To it. But who knows? Maybe, maybe you know, it, there won't be an opportunity. We don't know. Sometimes you wonder about certain countries because obviously Greece at one time was the hub of Christianity. Right. Just like Jerusalem one time was the, the hub of Christianity, so to speak, where the truth was, but then it died out. <clears throat> Different – parts of the world have been that way and greece was kind of like that because you had all these gentiles believing on jesus christ they're starting these churches the church at thessalonica and um there's churches in athens there's 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 gentile believers in uh in turkey you know modern day turkey and they're they're greek speakers there and all these things but then it just kind of died out so you kind of wonder if god allowed it to kind of close up a little bit because they kind of had their chance i hope yeah. that's not the case because i would love to go over there and just i think it'd be very nostalgic to go win people to christ where a lot of the original quote-unquote christians were from the new testament but you never know you know i guess another good thing if we never go over there is that i can learn the language just make videos in greek you know just make videos and promote it over there and yeah preach the gospel in greek and preach biblical truths in Greek, make little videos in Greek so we can send that over there. So who knows? But Doesn't it seem like it keeps moving west, you know, yeah. the central hub of yep. Christianity, you know, starting in like Israel and then into Greece and then into Europe and England over to America, and it keeps moving westward, you know? Well, it's funny you say westward because now, who? I mean, I'm, I still think it's here. But you you see a lot of things going on in the Philippines, for example. Right. And there's a there's a lot of missionaries being sent out of there. A lot of people are very receptive towards the gospel. And in fact, I, I had a Filipino missionary contact me. I don't know a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. And um, he was a guy who I knew back in the day when I was in the old IFB church. And he's an old IFB missionary. And it was funny because. Um, somehow I found out that he was, you know, because missionaries in the old IFB, they do deputation. What that means is they go to different churches to to get support right. so they can go on the mission field. Well, he was doing that. So he was going on deputation, and he ended up going to Verity Baptist Church for deputation. Right. And, you know, Pastor Jimenez is just like, you know, if he's preaching the gospel, who cares what he believes about uh, end times Bible prophecy? If he's, if he's going to get the work done, you know, I want to support a missionary. And so I think he started getting supported by uh, Verity Baptist Church and when I was at my old church I, I found out about that and so he ended up coming to our church and he he's like associated with someone that's associated with our church and just you know a uh, church that was sent out of our church and um, he came to our church and I was like hey I think I know you're you know brother so and so and he's like yeah I was like didn't you go to Verity Baptist Church and he was like oh man yeah I did you know we're kind of different on end times but you know they, they like soul winning I was like cool you know I, was, I thought it was really cool that he went there and um but he recently contacted me and said that he's making the switch to post-trib. And he's like, he, and he said, you know, I believe in the post-trib pre-wrath now. He goes, I need your advice. What do I do? Because I know I'm going to catch a lot of heat for this. Right. And I said, yes, you are. And you're probably going to lose everything. And I was like, I'm just preparing you. But I was like, you just need to preach God's word and preach the truth no matter what, you know, and just wherever the chips may fall, you just deal it, deal with it, you know. And so, um, but he agrees with us on a lot of stuff. But he was telling me that um, a lot of the churches over there, they're very Ruckmanite. You know, they're, they're, they're dispensational. Yeah, I even heard that from uh, Jerry and um, Brother Jeff from Verity as well. Yeah. Because so, there's a lot of Baptist churches out there. Yeah. Supposedly, but they're all Ruckmanites. Right. Which is unfortunate because it's the tares being sown among the wheat. You know, because you have a lot of people that are getting saved over there. I mean, anytime I hear about like a new IFB missions trip going to um, going to uh, the Philippines, a ton of people are getting saved. You got Brother Matthew Stuckey over there; he's doing yeah, a great Will work. Brother Will over there all the time. Yeah, Brother Will's over there, and now we have this guy who's who's out there, and he's getting a bunch of people saved. Too. And even Filipino people here, you knock oh, on yeah. someone's door, and they're a Filipino, and they're always super well. They receptive. they kind of remind me of Belizeans. Yeah, yeah. Because Belizeans are just very kind, very polite, very polite. They will not tell you no. Which is good and bad. It's good yeah. because they'll give you the they'll time of day and they'll you, listen. But, you know, they might not even be really interested. Then, exactly. Yeah, They're just kind of like lose your time. going along to get in, to get along kind of thing. But uh, it's interesting how you said that it was moving west and it seems like it's going 
kind of like around the world again. But who knows? We'll see. Hey, did you guys hear about that? Um, about those aliens? You guys hear about that? No. <laughs> I don't believe in aliens. Uh, but you know that the 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 correct term apparently is UAPs. Okay. Oh, I have heard of this. Have then. you heard of this? I've heard of this from my dad. I actually oh, really? Had, I had a conversation with my dad uh, other morning over some coffee, and he was talking about it because they it's used a good old conversation between a father <laughs> and son. Son, well, let me tell you about UAPs. Well, he's a he's a pilot, right? My dad. So oh. he's uh, you know. Wait, 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 wait. We'll get into that. Wait, don't 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 tell that yet. Let me let me talk about this first, and then you'll jump in with that. so we're living in the day and age where movies are coming to life now it seems things that were only talked about in movies seem to become a reality later on and i'm not saying it's real i'm just saying like the government media social media the news they're making they're speaking of it as though it's actually real and what I mean by that is, you know, back in the day, you would hear about UFOs and you see movies about UFOs and aliens and people just kind of laugh it off. But now they're actually coming out and saying that these UFOs are real and they're not calling them UFOs. They're calling them UAPs, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Right. And the reason they're coming out with it is because of the fact that apparently these pilots are seeing these UAPs fairly frequently okay and they're capturing these uaps on camera on radar and um you know and so no one was doing anything about it and so the these these pilots just basically or i'm sorry not the pilot but someone who works for the government basically took this to to the new york times or something and just published it basically right and now like they're catching a lot of heat they're saying hey what are you doing about this because now these pilots are coming out and say well we see this all the time we're seeing these UAPs all the time. We see them every day. Anytime we fly out, we see them over and over again. We're always capturing them. And we're always uh, addressing, letting our superiors know that we're seeing these things. And we tell them, and they just kind of brush it off. Well, now it's getting to the point where they're they're giving uh, the Senate like a lot of heat. And the, and the, and the Senate's basically calling, coming out and saying, well, you guys better uh, bring a report about what these things are by the end of June. We need to find out what these things are. And these pilots who are um, who are basically testifying to seeing these things, who are witnessing these UAPs, they don't believe it's aliens. But I'm sure a lot of people out there are like, they're aliens, you know? They're just saying, like one of the pilots was saying, I don't think it's aliens. I'm thinking it's like China or Russia and some, you know, it's, it's a security breach right. is what we see. It's a risk. Because of the fact that these UAPs are traveling at an extreme velocity, their fastest jet can go about 2,600 miles an hour or something like that, 2,000 miles an hour. Whereas these UAPs can travel up to 13,000 miles an hour. And, you know, they have, there's and no. They don't leave a contrail. And yeah, they don't like leave that. any That's of that. That's one thing that my dad had yeah. said. Because he's been looking into this, you know, because he watches airplane stuff all the time your, your father's a pilot my father is a pilot right yeah. so you know he's been into aviation his whole life and so uh, has he ever seen a uap yes oh man yes we so. have it on here on the rod of iron podcast <laughs> first folks we need to have brother uh brother john's dad come on the rod of iron podcast i'm just kidding go ahead so actually a few years ago and it's not something that he sees all the time or okay every day, but a few years ago and he saw some kind of well, walk us through what light, he, what happened. What is it? That he was flying. You know, describe the story a little bit. It, it was sunny out. You know, yeah, he he was flying uh, in cruise. So you know, what does that mean? Way up there, cruise altitude. You know, somewhere between, depending on where he was flying. You know, somewhere between thirty thousand feet, forty one thousand feet, something like that. So uh-huh. way up there, and um, out of you know, all of a sudden he saw some kind of. It, you know, he took a video of it too, so I've seen it, and it's like some small, little uh, looks like a light, and it's not a reflection of anything. It was below him. No, no, no. It was you know, right in off, front. off to the horizon. Yeah, mm. and it was moving in a way that 
did not look normal or mm. natural in any way. You know, because an airplane, if it was an airplane and it was just like a reflection of the sun off an airplane, an airplane just gradually, gradually, right. slow moves across one direction. But this thing was like, you know, like nothing, like nothing. Yeah. You know, weird thing. And uh, he asked uh, the controller, air traffic controller, he said, you know, we're seeing this thing out in front of us. Do you know what it is? And they just say, no, we don't see anything. So, did he? What did he record it with? With his phone. Oh. Yeah. So, it was moving all weird, and he saw that, and he was like, "Ah, man, that's probably something I should capture on video." Yeah. So he recorded it. He, I'm sure, he still has the video. Um, yeah. Let, let, let's get that video real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another one that he had seen. He and his friend had seen, um, actually, from the ground where they were at the airport and actually i may have a picture of it oh my yeah you you see it here first folks on the rod of iron podcast yeah so um apparently this is something that people frequently see now the unfortunate thing is is that the public will hear about this and the vast majority of people will think that they are actually aliens you know like little green men or something yeah which my dad does not believe yeah, because your dad's probably a reasonable individual. Right. Who, um, oh, yeah, see, they're on 60 Minutes. What does it say? Navy pilots recall. Can, can you make that screen bigger? Oh, wait, I know what this is. This is not, this is basically, um, I saw this too. I saw this as well. This is what he saw when he was flying? No. This oh, is this from is the something ground. else. Yeah, this is from, the, is from ground. the ground. So I saw this. This is basically, um, I, I don't know if I'm describing this correctly. I'll put it on the screen just a little bit, but uh, they're sending something into orbit, basically. And um, this is just what it looks like when it's sent into orbit, when like NASA sends something into orbit, mm. like, a, like a, a satellite of some sort. Because I actually saw this one time, and I was like, what am I looking at? So like, I saw it with my own two eyes. Years ago. Two, yeah, about two years ago? That's about when this happened. Oh, okay. That's yeah, probably so the one. Probably the same thing. That, yeah. yeah, you just lost all credibility. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Well. <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, but it left like this thing yeah. hanging in the sky. Then you saw this too, right? I saw that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember looking at that, and I was thinking to myself, aliens. What in the world? No, I just thought to myself, like, did the government just mess up and just like make this happen right now? Um, yeah, I'm like, what am I eating here? I was actually at a birthday party. I was at a, some kid's birthday party with my wife, and we just looked at him. I was like. Look at that. I was like, what is that? Am I seeing this? Am I, are my mind's playing tricks on me? I forgot. Here, I'll tell you what it is right now. I'll tell you what it is right now. Because I, I talked to someone who's into all this stuff or whatever, the NASA. and um, I know there's people out there that hate NASA. People in our, in our church. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, let's see here. Where is this? Let's see here. He messaged me about it. This guy, documentary. Uh, come on. Or oh, maybe I don't have it. Never mind. Anyways, this guy told me what it was, but I've. I don't, I don't see it on here. He was just telling me that it's it's some sort of because um, he, he highlighted it in his stories and basically said, "All right, this has now they find, they finally send it into orbit. It's going to be up, you know, for this amount of time or whatever." And I was like, "Oh man, I was wondering what that was." And he was just saying that it's some project that NASA was working on. But th that's definitely different than what we're than what your dad saw, right? Right. So this is separate. What he saw because they're leaving a trail flight. Yeah, yeah, which leaves no trail. Yeah, because ha it has propulsion, but it doesn't have any like um, exhaust or anything that it leaves behind, right? Right, but even you know if it uh, didn't have any exhaust or anything like that, if there was something moving through a medium like air at that speed, yeah, it would disrupt the air just in the same way you know you move through the water in mm -hmm. a boat, even if you don't have cause any a exhaust, ripple effect. Yeah, you, say you're in a little rowboat. You can still see, you know, the wake. 
created by the boat hmm. because it's you know pushing through that medium. So does that happen with aircrafts as well? Well, yeah. I mean, an example of a good example of when that happens is when an aircraft breaks the sound barrier. Oh yeah, I've seen that before. You see the the shockwave. Yeah. You see the mock cone. Yeah, I've seen called. that. I've seen that. Because what it's doing is it's going through the air and it's punching through the air so fast where the air can't you know just slip around the aircraft and it just busts around it. Wow. So if something was moving at an incredible speed, you know, like the thing that my dad saw in that video, it would leave something behind, even if it didn't have propulsion or whatever, even if it was something. That's why my dad, he was saying, you know, he's like, they're saying it's moving at this crazy speed, but it's not leaving anything in the air, hmm. you know, because anything that would move that fast would leave some kind of contrail some kind of wake unless it's some sort of advanced technology that the government Something has created we have no idea how it works but I, that's what i would reckon it is yeah. because well it's either that or some sort of um it, it or it's just some sort of uh uh visual that the government's creating that's not even really there right wouldn't that be an explanation for like some i'm not saying it's like a hologram but it may be some sort of technology where it looks like it's there but it's not really there like a, a projection of some right. sort, you know, because like you said, for something to move at that speed, it would have to leave some sort of ripple effect in the in the in the air around it, right, in the right. atmosphere around it. But who knows? It could be all kinds of stuff, and you know, even if we look back at things that now for us are kind of like old technology. Yeah. If you look back, you know, sixty, seventy years ago. They were things that are unfathomable. Absolutely. Like the SR-71, this really, really fast plane. You know, mm -hmm. It goes over Mach 3, three times the speed of sound. Yeah. You know, it's faster than a bullet, and it's a manned airplane. So you have a man inside of an airplane who's moving faster than a bullet. <sighs> and if you were to try to describe that to someone you know, even 70 years ago, they would think like, oh, no, that's crazy. You know, nothing yeah. moves that fast. Yeah. It's impossible and all this. But now it's so, just normal. Now, because, and that's another thing that the government had kept secret for so long. Because mm -hmm. they started developing that in the 60s. Yeah. And they started flying it, I think, in 1964. But in total secrecy. And same thing. They try, made sure to keep things covered up and all that. You know, the surveillance aircraft. And people had, you know, questions and sightings. And the government had to, like, kind of talk around it. So... Uh, well, that's what that, that's what the I think. Same it is. situation, yeah. Right now, just with modern I believe it's technology. it's just some some advanced technology that the government's working on, because if these pilots are saying that they see this every single day, you know what I mean. Like, if if it was China or Russia, you know, and they had this technology to just breach security and just fly and not be able to be captured i mean don't you think like they would have done something about it like they would bomb us or destroy us right i mean that's some pretty advanced technology but secondly you know there is the government just probably testing something out and like you said you know there's technology back in the day that i mean i'm sorry there's technology today that even 50 years ago people would think is just unfathomable i remember being a, a kid watching a cartoon called dick tracy and Dick Tracy was this, he was like a detective, and he's talking to his watch, right? And we thought it was just like the coolest thing ever, like to talk into your watch. I think it's never possible. It's never possible. It's, it's, just, it's just science fiction stuff. But here's an iWatch. Right. Okay? You know, our phones are little computers that even 50 years ago, we would never have imagined that what we can do on a phone. Like you could literally operate everything on a phone. You know, your credit cards are on here. You can literally just swipe your your watch or your phone on it, and then you just pay for something. It's just easy, you know. So it's not far-fetched that these UAPs are just simply the government testing out some advanced technology. But I'll tell you what it's not. It's not aliens, okay? I and mean, the reason we know it's not aliens is because of the fact that aliens aren't real. Exactly. God did not make aliens, Okay. And so, um, but unfortunately, you know, I guarantee you there's going to be the vast majority of people in this world who, because they watch too many X-Files and sci-fi movies and Star Wars, that they really believe it's aliens. Yeah. And um, there's a whole culture behind that. And I think it's an anti-God culture. Of course, yeah, because I had this conversation with my dad, too, because he was like, oh, yeah, people are saying it's aliens and whatever. And I was like, well, aliens, that's... If you believe the Bible or if you claim 
to yeah. believe the Bible. You can't believe in aliens. No. You know, if there were aliens on some planet light years away, why did God send Jesus here? Exactly. You know, why wouldn't God ever mention that he made all these other people right. on these other planets? Yeah. You know, for God so loved the world, this right. world. Right. You know, so... I mean, even for a lot more reasons, but I've heard I've heard people try to use the Bible to justify that aliens exist because of the visions that Ezekiel saw, and the the the, the you know the terminology that the Bible uses and the wording, but it's it's so far fetched to think that there are some other created beings. And here's the thing: more often than not, people will state that aliens because they believe in aliens. They're like, well, these are actually creators. You know, they were here from they were here millions of years ago, and that's how we came about. And they create all these crazy, you know, theories of how we came to life. I mean, Joe Rogan, who's a pretty popular podcast guy, believes in aliens. I mean, he believes that aliens exist and that we're communicating with them already, and all these things. And people follow that guy, and they fall into that trap of nonsense. You know. But you can't be a Bible-believing Christian and believe in aliens. This is bottom line. And some people, they want to justify. They want to say they don't believe in aliens, but they kind of do. So they try to choose the safe ground. It was like, well, it's demons. They look like aliens or something, you know. But, folks, I mean, if that's you, don't be offended at what I just said. You know, they don't. demons don't operate at that level, you know. What are they doing there anyway? Exactly. What, well, flying if, spaceships yeah, or something? What do they got to do up there? You know, demons. Exactly. Well, he's the All prince of power oh. of the air. <laughs> <laughs> right? You, can, you know, people say yeah. stuff like that. But it's, you know, obviously, this is what I believe when it comes to demons, okay? Is demons influence the powers of this world, the authorities of this world, to carry out a satanic, nefarious agenda. Right. They don't. They they'll give them they'll empower them by giving them authority, but they don't give them a te- technology. Men create technology. Right. We create things. We have the ability to create things because God has given us that mind to be able to do so. Right. And so there are human beings in this world who are very talented, who have a lot of ingenuity. They're they're creators because we're created in His image. Exactly. You know, so therefore we himself, yeah. Right. So therefore we create. What Satan does is he seeks out the creators of this world to influence them to turn those creations into something to become inventors of evil things as the bible puts right. it you see what i'm saying so i don't think people are communicating with demons to to learn technology i think some people are just endowed with a lot of knowledge and creativity and satan seeks those people out by giving them a bad intention yeah or authority right power because power corrupts you know what i mean and so you know and and the proof of that is this, is that if if demons were giving human beings technology, then why does he just give everyone technology, you know, the knowledge of technology? I'll tell you why. Because of the fact that not everyone's a creator. So that's, that's why he chooses these people of authority or clout or influence, and they rule over them. You know, they possess them. Because inventions are not evil. You know, people want to say, like, a phone is evil or something or, you know... Um, I don't know. The internet is evil. It's not, not. These are inanimate Amish or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, but there's people who believe that this can be used for good things. It's the people who use it who can who can very much take it into an evil avenue and and do wicked things with it. You know, so who knows what's going on with those UAPs? It's a new technology. Um, they move very fast. Okay, um, and uh, these pilots are coming out. and They're just like. I don't think they're aliens. I just think they're just advanced technology and, you know, we just don't know what it is. But it's causing such a stir that the government or the the uh, the Senate is basically saying, all right, you need to create a report or come up with a report and report on this and let me know what this is. And know? they're saying this to who? They're asking who to make this report. The, uh, I don't know, the, the military or something mm-hmm. or the, the government or something. I don't know. And- you know, because I'm not familiar with this whole thing. Are all of these sightings and all of these videos or whatever, are they all taking place over our country? Are they all taking yes. place over America? Yes, they are. I'm sure there's there's sightings in other places, but all of these ones that are being uh, talked about, these videos they're coming out with, are from our area. And they'll say, you know, because they'll show the videos, and this is the worst thing about this, is that the videos are always bad. They're always pixelated. Right. 
it's radar and you just like a circle or something. But they, they claim that they have better video of these UAPs like 50 feet away. But they don't want to release that. It's nonsensical, and it's unfortunate because I'm telling you just a lot of people are going to take that and they're going to run with it and say aliens exist. And I think sometimes even things like this can turn more people away from God. Because it's like, well, here's here's fact. We've seen aliens. We haven't seen God. And that, that's the thing, though, also, because those people, they say that, and they say, oh, well, aliens are real. Therefore, the Bible can't be true. Because right. they know that the two can't mix. Right. So someone who tries you know, to mix trying both. to mix them, yeah. they're on the wrong side of both you know right. they're they make no sense at all because right. even someone who's yeah not yeah. involved in it at all can say well yeah the bible and aliens obviously don't mix right yeah i wouldn't be surprised if 10 15 years from now we just have like a new form of technology i mean didn't we go from horses to vehicles i mean try explaining a vehicle to like someone in the bible times right like what and it's kind of exponential growth too yeah because i mean so much has happened there was you know how many thousands of years before where the developments in technology were really minimal you know yeah. stuff like architecture and m- primitive forms of engineering and all that but right. you know whatever in the last century you've gone from so little to so much and it's all accelerating because if we can use the technology itself mm-hmm. to create more right so yeah and it is exponential because uh when it comes to things of the internet or just computers it doesn't grow gradually it's very exponential like it just it's it's uh it speeds up more that's why it's not hard to think to believe that the new world order could be around right around the corner the end times could be right around the corner because of the fact that the technology is just getting so advanced you know you you 50 years ago if you're talking about the mark of the beast people would say it's like a tattoo that says 666 on your arm or on your forehead, right? But now we can see it will be more of like a technolo- technological chip that's impl- implanted in your right hand or in your forehead, you know? But anyways, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Maybe you can uh, shoot over that video of your dad. I'll see if I can find see it. See if yeah. you can get it. Yeah, he's uh, he should be back. He was on a trip wherever. He's been flying all over the place. He yeah. was on workation. He goes to all these fancy places in this airplane and just he sends me videos. He's like, huh, I'm I'm at work and he's just walking on the beach. <laughs> There's like these crystal blue waters and everything. Wow. I'll like video call him. Uh, and I'm like at like four in the morning because over there I, I have to call him at four in the morning because yeah. of the huge time difference. And I'm just like a wreck, you know, I'm starting my day. <laughs> he's at the, he's just, at the blue beach. Yeah, just in the dark. And, you know, the video opens up and he's just sitting there and there's like a bunch of yachts behind him. He's like, this is my room. And I'm like, man. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But he he doesn't even like it. He's always away. He doesn't get to see his kids and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah see if when, you can get that video and then uh, we'll shoot that on the on the Broad of Iron podcast. If you guys saw it on here already, that means we got it. Before, John got it to us before we uploaded it. I'll see if I can get it, it tonight. Yeah, that'd be yeah, good. That be way I can post it tomorrow or something. I can put it on the video tomorrow. Yeah. Well, Brother John, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I mean, I exhausted all the stuff I wanted to talk about last time. Well, I'm, yeah, you just talked about airplanes, and the monastery and all yeah, that. So. Hey, I was glad to have you on here, man. We talked yeah, about some pretty you. interesting things. Good yeah. conversationalist. So, amen, folks. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Rod of Iron podcast. Be sure to watch the episodes, full episodes on YouTube, or you can go on Spotify, listen to them on audio. You can go on our website, fwbcla.org. And so looking forward to seeing you all on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless.